Welcome to the Smiling Homeschool Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Wilson. Today's show is a little different since my dad, Todd, couldn't be here. So instead, my mom, Debbie, was willing to join me to answer some questions. I talked to her about preparing your kids for marriage during homeschooling and her philosophy on equipping her kids to find a spouse. It was a great episode and we hope you enjoy it. Thank you to Teaching Tech Books for sponsoring this week's podcast. So, let's get started. Well, welcome everyone to this week's podcast. Uh, we're glad you're joining us. Uh, Dad is not here today, Todd. He is, uh, we have actually, he, they're getting ready, uh, the family's getting ready to leave tomorrow for, was it Arkansas? Yes. So they're, they're heading to Arkansas, but we have a big 15-passenger van that they usually uh, use that or the RV, and it's having some issues. So he had to drive all the way, like, I don't know, an hour and a half or two hours down to another town where his brother lives to get uh, Suburban. So he is out tonight and uh, couldn't do it. So uh, I thought I'd ask my mom, uh, Debbie, to join me tonight. Say hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> so she, uh, we, we just had, as you may know, if you watched the live stream on their uh, Facebook page, but we just had my brother Sam's uh, uh, wedding uh, Saturday, so just a couple days ago. So I thought that might be a good time to kind of talk about you know the wedding, but also uh, kind of that transition of, you know, kids getting older, uh, moving through that and kind of things that, you know, uh, mom's kind of philosophy towards all of it and kind of how that, you know, has impacted us and everything. So I thought we'd just initially start talking about the wedding. Uh, mom, what was one of your favorite, you know, what's something that stood out to you that you kind of, you know, was one of your favorite parts of the wedding? Um, well, I think actually, Setup day is usually one of my favorite parts, um, kind of the day before. It just, yeah. I love the excitement of it, and everyone's like working together to pull it all together and just the anticipation of it all. Um, but on the actual day, I think one of my favorite parts is when um, she is actually walking down the aisle mm-hmm. um, and just looking at, well, in this case, and same with you, my son, and seeing the woman that's going to complete them and as they're walking towards him and just the beaming look on your guys's face as, as she approaches is just, I don't know, nothing yeah, comparable. That, so that is that's awesome. probably, yeah. One Which of is my the one bummer parts. part is I couldn't really see any of that. Cause I couldn't, I was oh, looking at the back of Sam's head cause we were standing pretty far behind them. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. And, yeah. uh, yeah, I totally agree about the setup. It's just fun. Cause everyone, you know, is there and, we did it. I mean, we did it. So it's not just like where you just have it all taken care of and planned out and everything. I mean, we did pretty much us mm-hmm. and the, obviously her family put it all together. So it was everyone was involved. It was a full team effort. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought it was I thought it was super funny during the wedding. Uh, the pastor, who's a good friend of both of us, uh, he accidentally <laughs> said my name <laughs> instead of Sam, which yeah. I just thought was kind of like a an analogy of life for our whole oh, childhood because yeah, right. like Poor either Sam. dad or anyone else always was switching me and Sam up our names yeah. but he caught it quick and he did great with it but it was it was pretty well, hilarious I felt yeah, bad I'm was... like man he always has to deal with me getting like in the way of things but it was it was pretty uh, good luckily he doesn't care so it yeah, was okay no, it was, and it was a blast and my yeah. daughter did good as the bridesmaid so that was good um, but you know, obviously, so he's the second one out. Uh, I was married almost four years ago this year. Uh, and mm-hmm. then, uh, it's just crazy to me. And then Ike's getting married <laughs> later this year. Uh, mm-hmm. so that's three out of the, you know, the, the eight mm-hmm. are going to be yeah. moving out. So, um, you know, obviously 
you you when you're homeschooling and you have a bunch of kids, you're expecting them obviously to leave at some point. That is the goal. Mm-hmm. But is that right. ever at the forefront of your thought when you're doing it, or kind of how does that influence you know while you're homeschooling? Is that something that ever influenced you? Uh, I think it does. I mean, it definitely influences me, but I think it has done maybe more so with each one that leaves. Um, cause I mean, in this, in, in a couple different ways, I mean, originally we used to think that, um, in order for a kid to leave and be married, we had to have completely finished our job, meaning we had smoothed all the rough edges and, you know, presented the world with this near perfect child, kid, young man or woman who, you know, just had all the kinks worked out of them and was 100% mature in every area. And, um, we quickly realized that, um, that's not our job. That's God's job to finish all that. And a lot of times marriage is one of the tools he uses that refining fire to do all that. Um, but, um, I'm way more concerned, I guess, about, um, I guess part of it that the way it influences me now is that the time is just so short. I feel like one kid after another is, uh, flying the coop. And so it really helps me, um, embrace it more with the younger ones. Um, I think I kind of wished it away back in the day when it just felt like the daily grind, but, um, just that the academics is not what matters. It's the relationship with, with each of these kids that you get to have with them until they leave. Um, you said wished it away. Which aspect do you mean? Like the wished, like, well, Oh, it's never going to happen type thing or it's so far out. No, 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 not that. But just that wished school, wished oh, the time right. I spent with them yep. in school away. Like, Oh, I have to go to school instead of seeing it as this is my chance out of the day to really get to spend quality time with them. Um, you know, because the older they get, the more they do independently. And then you're not even doing school with them either. And it's just, it's just my favorite part of the day now, because I get to work with them one-on-one. I get to read with them and we just, it's just quality time together. And it's just, um, that part's way more important than anything we're learning really. Um, so, so is there anything that, you know, during homeschooling either now or then that you did specifically, uh, to help, you know, prepare us for, you know, kind of life versus, you know, school, I feel like a lot of school isn't really geared around real life. It's more like, Oh, here's how to do all these subjects, you know, which, Mm -hmm. you know, whereas I feel like homeschooling kind of the purpose is to kind of actually prepare you for existing on your own. I mean, I think that's something that I really liked about homeschooling that we got to do. And, Mm -hmm. uh, obviously marriage is part of that, you know, and you're going to have to then, you know, start paying bills together and you're going to have to start, you know, working to get, you know, having jobs or whatever, you know, or anything else like that. So is there anything that you specifically tried to do that you think was outside the norm that, you know, you think is really was something you wanted to do? Um, well, I think, um, we tried, like you said, we tried to give you real life, um, learning experiences in addition to book learning. I mean, from, for us, it was maybe easier because we were able mm-hmm. to help you have you help us with, you know, products and putting together products and you traveled with us everywhere and you ran our booth at conventions. Um, we tried to give you guys lots of time to develop your God given bents. I mean, with Sam, it was art and drawing. And I feel like with you, it was, 
you know, you had lots of gadgets and phones and right. things that you like to mess around with. And, um, well, for example, like I, I think, how old were we, do you think when we did the computer repair thing? Yeah. I was thinking of that too. I would say you were like 12. Uh, yeah. 12, 13, 14, yeah. maybe. So sometime at one point there was a, there's a, in, in our a nearby town, there's a, it, well, it's not there anymore, but it, it was like a next next to new or you know consignment place and they had a surplus computers store in there and it was just this old guy who had a bunch of ancient computers i mean we're talking like really <laughs> old stuff but he people would donate it so he had like a whole giant room just full of computer stuff and we kind of mm -hmm. liked computers but we hadn't actually ever done anything with the internal side of things so mom just asked the guy hey would you ever be willing to let my son just kind of come and help you out and he said yes so you know that was something that i'm thankful she had me do because it's allowed us to you know ever since we both are super comfortable and mm -hmm. I mean, i've worked in it for years and then sam did a little bit so, I mean, that's, I think, was a really good hands-on thing that you had us do that we couldn't have done if we were homeschooled. Or I guess we could have after school, but it was something we could mm -hmm. do as part of our school. Yeah, because really you were cool. able to do it early afternoon or whatever. Um, yeah, and just things like, um, I think Dad was really good about having you work with him on projects. Um, like when we added on, you know, I can remember Abe. I mean, he was little. He was maybe, gosh, I don't know, five or six. And I, huh? How long has it been now? We've had the commitment. I can't remember the year. Like I think it's probably now. been 11. Wow. Yeah. Um, but Abe was little and he was chipping away at the brick wall, you know, that was in between the new part of the house and stuff. And just all of you did so much. And I just, to me, that's just such valuable practical um, experience. Um, and even when we let Ike work at Culver's when he was 15, you know, he was the first one that was so young was just like, I need a job. I want a job. I'm going to get a job. And, um, he was kind of, um, a lot, one of our shy kids who it was hard for him to kind of speak up and the booth helped with that. But Culver's really helped him a ton in that he just got much more able to interact well with people and brought him out of his shell quite a bit. And, um, so, and then the other thing I think we did is just that I feel like we are way more concerned about preparing our kids practically maybe than even academically. I mean, that sounds bad, but like I care way more about, um, you know, teaching you, teaching them before they graduate how to manage their money, how to um, defend their faith, um, how to just guard their hearts and eyes and mind for their future mate and knowing things, how to do things around the house. I feel like all of you knew how to do dishes and laundry and how basic house repairs and that sort of thing. Um, yeah, for sure. And this so isn't all stuff I feel like, like all those things prepare you for life. Yeah. Here's all the, it's not like, here's all these things we're great at or whatever. It's just, these are mm -hmm. things that, you know, I mean the amount of times I've had to use, I mean, really, other than like obviously Almost spelling and stuff like subject. that. But let's say like, <laughs> you know, math especially is a good one. Obviously, mm -hmm. you need to do some math. And I do use, you know, the normal basic stuff like multiplication, division, all right. that, you know. But right. from an algebra or calculus or pre-calculus or whatever, I've, I mean, there was maybe one time at work where I had to do I mean, I didn't even have to do it because one of the other guys did it, but we were kind of working through one formula, mm -hmm. but it was the most basic algebra ever because neither of us right. could hardly remember what it was and it didn't matter anyway. But anyways, yeah. but other than that, it's like the amount of times I've had to 
do money stuff, you know, whether it was mortgage or figuring out our budget yeah. or whatever, that is so exactly. much more useful. It's so much more um, practical. I feel like, and, and obviously you're going to yeah. have like, you know, some kids are going to be more into it than others. Cause like, right. you know, like one of them, we won't say who, but was getting married <laughs> recently and, you know, sat down with mom and mom was going through one of the Dave Ramsey's courses, which maybe you could say which one you used and kind of, but you know, his, you know, the things he coming into it. It's not the same place that I was when I was at that age. So it's, you know, it's mm-hmm. going to be different, yeah. obviously. But what, what, yeah. what did you do with that? Uh, which one was oh, that? Oh, well, I've, I've used, um, it's called Foundations in Personal Finance. They're, I, it's a, their high school kind of level curriculum, but they have an, a homeschool um, version or student version. Um, so, yeah, I tr- tried to go with that through that with each of the older kids. Um, but even, you know, when you brought up math, I even do math differently with our younger kids than I did kind of probably with you guys, because, um, I care way more now about, um, them understanding the basics, I guess, and versus completing the, the lesson or the book or how high a level they get. Like I will just sit and work with all three of them at once. If it's a topic like fractions, cause there's so many different ways to do fractions, whether you're adding them, it's different than if you're right. multiplying them, dividing them, and percentages and those kinds of things, because that is what you use every day. And I don't I don't care if I have to spend three weeks where we just work and I'm not even looking at a book. We're just working through them because that is so foundational and so important to get how to do all those things. Whereas I used to be so much more tied to the curriculum, like I've got to right. do get through this page and this week's it's not lessons even just like, oh, we have to do this much learning. It's we have to do this many problems or books or pages right. or whatever, exactly. which is obviously yeah. pointless. I mean, cause right. like I've read, I read a lot, but some books I'm just not into as much, even though I'm still completing them. I'm like, just kind of yeah. autopiloting through it. And right. I mean, I learn way less, even though I might've spent more time than a book that was or even an article that was 50 pages or 10 pages, you know, so mm-hmm. I mean, right. And even like, so um, you know, important. teaching textbooks, um, they sponsor this podcast and, um, we use their curriculum for the most part, but they constantly are saying to us, you know, math is so spiral, like every single grade in elementary repeats and just comes back around to those basic things. And, parents should just be way more concerned about spending time making sure they get those concrete basics down and not worry about any of the rest because he's like, I mean, they could skip a whole grade and it wouldn't matter because it's going to cover the same things that the next year and the next year and the next year. And it's so true, but we just get so bottlenecked down with the fact that we've got to get through this year's workbook and it just isn't where it matters so right for sure no that's so true i mean i think like really honestly like almost like seventh grade math through college math i feel Mm -hmm. like was almost all the exact same stuff except for algebra obviously like it adds in more of that but it was just basically the same stuff just repeated over and over right but it's all based on the the foundational math exactly yeah yeah Uh for sure so uh, one thing I was thinking was maybe kind of think of is, you know, for Ike, he was je- tended like he even though we did the conventions during that period, um, I think that since he had older brothers, obviously yeah. like that, the older kids can often dominate the younger kids out of things right. like that, I think. So mm-hmm. 
I wonder, like, you know, putting him in that position, he was away from his older siblings, so he had to Mm -hmm. then, you know, learn those on his own. But I was thinking about that yesterday. I'm like, well, what about if I don't ever have the opportunity for my kids to do something like the booth, you know, where Uh I got to interact (laughs) with and have to make decisions and stuff like that with kids or not with kids, with, you know, people and adults all the time. What's something I could do, you know, for my kids to give them something like that? Do you think you have any ideas that for like a mom who obviously they're not going to necessarily have their own business where they go do that, you know, what's something they could do to try yeah. to, you know, uh, give I think, that for I think it's kids? just encouraging them to try um, little businesses on their own. You know, there's there's a couple good books on that. Like one of them's um, something. What's that one been about Lemonade Stand? Do you remember the name of that one? Uh, no, but I can maybe find it here. Uh, I can't remember the title. It's blank. Um, but. Anyway, it's it's just packed filled with ideas of things that kids, young kids can can try to do to make money. And they're just basically starting their own little mini businesses where you put up a sign in the library or the local post office or just through word of mouth with friends. I mean, I think all of those are, you know, Better super than awesome lemonade experiences. Stand? Yeah, I think so. so. Small uh-huh. business ideas for kids. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. But then, for you in particular, you can just let your grant, your kids come with us. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> well, then also, uh, I, I would think like, I feel like also, it, you know, the situation put us into something where we couldn't just be rescued by you. Like we were yeah. forced to have to come up with something. And I think mm-hmm. that maybe, I don't know, again, I'm not, so I'm hoping maybe, you know, if I make my kids do something that maybe they are a little bit afraid of, but you know, or might yeah. be a little bit outside their comfort zone, but Mm-hmm. Obviously, they grow through that. I hope. I mean, that yeah. was what I was thinking yeah. the other day. I don't know. So, well, I guess we'll find out when we get to that bridge. But I want to take a quick moment here to tell you about our sponsor, Teaching Textbooks. Teaching Textbooks is one of our favorite math curriculums, and one of the reasons is because Teaching Textbooks explains, corrects, and demonstrates every problem to your child in an engaging way that takes the conflict and responsibility away from you. Plus, the latest version works on nearly any device, including Windows, Macs, tablets, and even smartphones, so you can take it anywhere. If you're worried that such a great curriculum will come with a high price, guess again. Their new lower price averages out to between $4 to $6 per month for 12 months, and Teaching Textbooks even offers a discounted family plan. So if you're sick of your current math curriculum, then give Teaching Textbooks a try. They offer free trial and sample lessons over at teachingtextbooks.com, and you can check them out at your local homeschooling convention. We thank them for the support of the Smiling Homeschooler podcast. Uh-huh. And yep. then so, uh, you know, so I'm sure that like a lot of homeschoolers and a lot of non-homeschoolers think that, you know, they're never going to, they think that the homeschoolers all just don't know anyone, that they're all sitting there, you mm-hmm. know, twiddling their thumbs. And maybe that's obviously a, a myth nowadays. But mm-hmm. I think people do think like, oh, well, if I don't, if my kid doesn't go to school or isn't with a bunch of people all the time, or if they don't go to college, which, you know, and nowadays there's so many great options without college. Are mm-hmm. they ever going to meet anyone other than maybe through church or something like that? What was your kind of your philosophy through, you know, us growing up and stuff for mm-hmm. finding a spouse, you know, someday? <laughs> yeah. You know, initially I never worried about that tons because I mean, this sounds whatever, but you guys are all just such amazing people that I was like, they're not going to have any trouble finding a mate. You know, I mean, you're just all well-rounded, fun, intelligent. And so I, I don't think I worried about it tons. However, you were our guinea pig. And I think we did initially, um, kind of steer down a path of 
a little bit fear-based thinking, oh, well, we should, we, we will only do courtship because, you know, I don't want my kids dating around a hundred zillion people and having all those sorts of potential baggage. So in our mind, courtship meant, you know, our son would come to us and say, hey, I'm kind of interested in this person. And he'd tell mom and dad first, of course. And then then we'd go talk to the parents and say, hey, our son's interested. Is your daughter, you think, interested? And, you know, what do you think this would look like? And all this perfect little scenario. Well, um, with you, um, I think the parent told me that you were interested, you know, showing interest in their daughter. So I knew nothing about it. And so that was a little shock. But it was good for me because, you know, I just had this little plan in my head of how it would work and, um, it didn't start off that way. And then the more we heard about courtship stories, the more concerns we had, um, with thinking it had to be that exact methodology, because in a way the circles we ran in the way they handled courtship was that you basically didn't even allow them to get to know each other or date unless they thought they were headed towards them in marriage. And I was like, wow, that is so much pressure. How are you supposed to know that before you get to know them so well? And so, um, we started to veer away from that mindset. And, um, but I think with you, um, you know, I think I let fear somewhat, um, fear of bad influences, maybe keep you a little more isolated than I should have at times. So with the younger ones, I feel like we've relaxed more on that. And, you know, I just had to come to a point where, um, I just have to trust God with all of that. You know, as the parent, you do not get to control all of that. Um, and if you try to, it's just going to be a lot of heartache. And, um, I feel like you have to trust your child that you've raised them. Um, and that the bottom line is it's, it's going to be their choice for good or for bad. Um, but, I also think that you have to create opportunities sometimes for some of your older kids um, because there's some older kids that it just doesn't come as natural for, I don't think. And um, whether they're just really quiet or really serious or not outgoing and you think, wow, how are they going to get to that point with anyone? And so even that, I would say, you know, you do whatever it takes to give them those opportunities. If you have to change churches because there's not a single other kid their age, then you change churches. If you have to let them go to a coffee shop every day to type on their computer where there's other people hanging out, then you let them do that. Or you get them involved in a singles group if they're post high school, you know, or you, you have them be open to a setup date or you, I mean, maybe you even do online dating and, and excitedly help them, you know, set up their thing on a Christian, you know, there, we've heard lots of stories where that's just what God used to allow them to meet someone. Um, but really just as an encouragement, if someone's out there who does have older kids that have not met anyone yet, just remember that it literally can change overnight. I mean, you never know who you might just one day, you know, someone walks in at church and you make an eye contact, and then it starts the process. I mean, that's happened that's so to a couple weird. of my yeah. kids now. I mean, after a long, I mean, long as in terms of my age at the time, but I was in a relationship <laughs> for a couple of years, and after that, yeah. I was like, well, there's no one that ever is going to be like similar to what I'm like, mm-hmm. or the ideals that I have, or anything mm-hmm. like that. I was like, I know everyone around here. I feel like, and I don't like any of them. And and then literally, <laughs> you know, Rissa came and visited our church for one day to go with a friend. Yeah friend of me on Facebook and like literally it's I never even questioned it after that basically but it's just like such a you know weird thing that how quickly it can happen 
Um, and you were saying yeah. like you, you mentioned like the older kids. Do you think it's more of an issue for older kids because they're the first? And then as it goes on, now that you've broken the water, it's probably not going to be as big a deal for the younger ones. Or do you I think, think are you saying for all there. kids or what? Or are you using, you know, older kids just as in everyone in the family? Or do you think it is more of a older kid issue? Probably. I think it just depends on the family and the personality. I think um, a lot of families I know, the tendency is just to hold the reins really tight on the first one and to be fearful of all those things. And so I think it definitely paves the way for the younger ones a little more easily. Um, is that what you were asking? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, yeah, basically. And I think like, obviously like, I think the fear was dating. You think of like, you know, Bad just find any guy you can or girl or whatever. Yeah. And it just, you know, you're just all over the place. There's nothing serious about anything. And I don't yeah. think we are ever like we're that, I, you know, like just, mm-hmm. you know, four, two people at a time. I mean, it was the whole purpose no. was to yeah. find a, uh, I think every time we were dating, we were obviously had intent of not, maybe not marriage to that person instantly, but mm-hmm. the idea was not just for the fun of it. The idea right. was obviously with intent, but, um, I think that is a big distinction between, you know, dating per se Uh, and like not doing your traditional courtship, which honestly, I don't know a lot of people other than Israel Wayne who it's worked for. (laughs) If you want to hear a crazy (laughs) marriage story, go look up Israel Wayne's ministry. He's got a very weird story, (laughs) but most people that I don't know hasn't worked out that way. So, you know, Mm -hmm. I think there is a fine line between that and a compromise that works well, but Uh, Not being a slave. Yeah, and I just think we don't need to be scared of that. I mean, it takes some people a few tries of getting to know someone to find out they're not the right one. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with that. Like, it doesn't mean you haven't saved yourself or anything. It just means it's hard to know the first time. It's okay to be attracted to someone and get to know them, and then think, no, you know, that's not the right fit. I just, and yeah. I just think I mean, some people are kind of afraid of that, maybe. The circles we were from, I just don't even know, like, from a logical standpoint of how reality works, I mean, I just don't know how it even is supposed to function. You know, like, I don't get, I, I never could understand, like, how are you supposed to know you want to marry someone when mm-hmm. you're not supposed to have feelings for that person until you <laughs> marry that person, basically? is what I mean, that's legitimately what people were saying in some of these circles that, you know, even mm-hmm. though, I mean, you know, the big homeschool circles, and I just... You know, that always is crazy to me. So I'm glad it seems like that's kind of backed a little bit away from that in some ways mm-hmm. and kind of gotten a little bit more realistic, I think, in how it works. But mm-hmm. um, is there anything, you know, you growing up obviously weren't homeschooled. Is there anything you wish you had known, you know, more, uh, you know, going into marriage that, you know, if you could. Well, now that you are a mom that you specifically have changed, you know, because of what you didn't know or, you know, weren't prepared mm-hmm. or anything like that. I think the only area I didn't feel prepared in is maybe nutrition and cooking. Like I didn't, I didn't, I honestly did not realize how, how nutrition relates to cooking and, you know, trying to do it in the most healthy way for your family. And you're probably cringing over there, <laughs> but <laughs> cause this is a new development. I think. <laughs> I know. Well, I've had a lot of digestive issues, which has, you know, kind of transformed the way I think about food and, and eat and not, everything I've done in the past was out of ignorance completely. But so I didn't feel like I knew how to cook in general, but I also had no clue about anything about food really. And so, and I'm not saying it's anyone's fault. I just didn't. And so I, I would like, I mean, it's too late probably for my older daughter, but my younger one, I, I'm going to try and do better in that area for her. And then, um, I guess 
the only other thing I felt like I was somewhat prepared financially just because I watched and I I saw how my parents did things but I'm trying to give our kids just a head start financially by teaching them Dave Ramsey's plan I just I feel like it's one of the most important maths if you want to call it that I can leave with them and that's just how to manage your money um so that you know you don't have to start off with debt and you just you know, I mean, I think it's 80% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck and it doesn't have to be that way. And I want, you know, I want my, my sons to be able to, um, let their wives, their wives stay home if they want to do that. And there's just so many aspects of it. So that's, that's the other thing I'm trying really hard to. For sure. And I mean, right now, uh, you know, I did have a college degree but, uh, you know, Sam didn't really, I mean, he kind of did through, uh, he did animation school, which is almost kind of like a trade mm-hmm. school for animation. Cat right. didn't, uh, Ike didn't and Abe, I don't think is either. So, you know, like all of them are going to be financially stable regardless of, you know, and none of them, uh, basically any of us have, ever, you know, I just think that's, it's doable for anyone. So I think Dave Ramsey has helped all of us and will continue to. And I'm so thankful. I think, was it the last year that we did it or no, it must've been when we were. I don't know, but one year we did it instead of something, and I was super mm-hmm. thankful we did. That was a really good year. I can't remember which year it was, though. But yeah, yeah. Check out his stuff if you don't already. Obviously, everyone almost knows who Dave Ramsey is, but he does he have an actual really teen curriculum? It does has an actual what? Does he have actually have like a teen program or anything like yeah. that, mm-hmm. or is it yeah, just listening to his podcast? Teen. He even has little kids now. I haven't used it, and then he has one, you know, that's super great once you're an engaged couple. Um, and then obviously the the course for for couples or you know anyone right, that's right, right. struggling is available at a lot yeah. of churches. But awesome. Well, thanks for being on here tonight and joining us. And uh, Dad, I think we'll be back next week. Are you guys going to be back next week? Like yeah, but or we leave Wednesday to okay. drive to Nashville, so he might be able to do it that evening from somewhere somehow. Yeah. So hopefully we'll be able to have Dad back on here next week, Todd. Um, and also check your local homeschooling convention because you potentially can go and meet him and hear him in person here at one of these conventions. Um, but as always, have a great week and keep smiling. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed hearing from my mom. If you ever have any questions or comments, you can email us at todd at thesmilinghomeschooler.com. We also want to thank our good friends at Teaching Textbooks for making today's show possible. You can learn more about all the great math products, view a sample lesson, and check out their affordable pricing at teachingtextbooks.com. Keep enjoying the opportunities homeschooling allows you to have with your children. Time flies. Have a wonderful week, and as always, keep smiling. And she kissed her head said I was just like you You're gonna miss this You're gonna want this back You're gonna wish these days Hadn't gone by so fast These are some good times So take a good look around You may not know it now But you're gonna miss this She knows it, she's a brand new bride In her one-bedroom apartment And her daddy stops by He tells her it's a nice place She says, it'll do for now 
starts talking about babies and buying a house. Daddy shakes his head and says, baby, just slow down. Cause you're gonna miss this. You're gonna want this back. You're gonna wish these days hadn't gone by so fast. These are some good times. So take a good Days hadn't gone by. 